Holy shit, y'all. It's episode 100 of the English side, which is pretty exciting. Uh, we are bringing back a guest from last year, Adam Darko. He has a new single that came out yesterday, February 20th, and it's called White Desert. You will hear a clip of it at the end of this episode. Check it out. Follow Adam Darko on Instagram. Also, I want to mention that after almost two years of doing this podcast, we have we now have a donation page. So if you go to thequeeribs.com at the top of the page, there's a button going to a Kofi account. Anyone who has the capacity to to donate a few dollars, that will really help us. It costs us money to do this podcast to keep the website going. And yeah, we would just love to be able to compensate guest co-hosts at some point in the future um, and help cover the costs that we have put into equipment and compensate the regular hosts for um, tech hours, editing hours, etc. So, so anything that people can put toward the podcast would be so helpful. Thank you. Um, and please enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. And Ellie. And we are the Queer Arabs. I'm Saudi American and queer. I am Pan Trans Lebanese and we're recording here in Houston, D.C. and... In Montreal with Adam Darko. Hey, Adam! Hi, hello! Montreal welcome. in the house. Hello! Yes, welcome back! It's been like almost a Thank year. Thank you. We were saying. What a year, also. You all might you all might remember Adam Darko's last episode almost a year ago. We're going to talk about like what's gone on for him in the past year. Um, some exciting news. Yes. I got a preview. How have you been? Uh, I've been great. So to people that don't know me, just in case, I'm Adam Darko. Um, I've been a content creator on YouTube and Instagram for almost five years now. I'm originally Algerian. So I started when I was in Algeria. I also happen to be trans. Hi, how are you? Uh, and I left Algeria for obviously safety reasons and I ended up in Canada, Montreal, and here I am. So yeah, this last year has been definitely interesting. Uh, a lot of growth, a lot of understanding and coping and learning about the culture, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, because I felt like the first months, the first six months that I arrived, I just, I felt like I mentally just wasn't here at all. Then afterwards is when I started to let go a little bit more. But we'll get into it in details. Overall, it's been great. Successful, that's for sure. Glad to see some trans success out there. Uh, yes, we desperately need that. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm just happy that there is a trans-representing YouTube creator that's a trans guy. Trans guys feel like they're incredibly rare on YouTube or a lot of other mediums. Thank you. I guess especially being North African, like that, that is just non-existent at this point. Yeah, unfortunately. That's why we're here to change that up. Okay. Yeah, so when you, when you first arrived in Montreal, what was the first thing you really acclimated to after the culture shock? Like, what was the thing? It's like, okay, I get this now. Like, like the moment when it all clicked, you mean? Yeah, or yeah, that's that works. Yeah, I mean that that moment actually took longer than I expected. The thing about the culture shock is, yes, I had the knowledge about it, as in I researched. I was like, yeah, this is a thing; it happens. That's one thing. But then going through it, it's 
crazy to say that I was going through it and I had no idea I was going through it. Um, and that's very common. And I'm glad that I was in the same time surrounded by people with similar circumstances, queer refugees and so on, that were literally going through the same things. There's a lot of little things, really, some anxiety there, some isolation. Um, little tasks become very difficult. Self-doubt comes along the way, uh, as in being in a new culture, but then you're like, what am I good at at all? Or like, it, it gets really dark, surprisingly. Like, mm. for real, it was very surprising to me how deep it went. Uh, are you supporting yourself with your YouTube content creation? Or were you worried about finding a job in uh, Montreal? Because I, I always have this fear of like, whenever I'm job searching in the um, United States, I'm like, why would they hire me when they can hire just any other qualified person who isn't trans or who isn't, you know, Lebanese or otherwise Middle Eastern? Mm, I get what you mean. I guess like work wise, I'm always surrounded by queer people for the most part, as in performance and everything so we kind of support each other in that way um and i really love it yeah that's it like i tried to to keep myself surrounded in with the safe space like in a safe space if that makes sense yeah that makes sense uh you i guess you're lucky in that res i'm you're really lucky in that respect because a lot of immigrants sometimes just come without any kind of support or safety net so I've yeah. on you for having that and recognizing honest, that stuff. No, to be honest, yeah. no, no, here's the thing. Um, when it comes to YouTube, I did it and I did it for fun and mostly not just for fun, for vis visibility and to share the experience. But when it got really, really uh, tough, I just couldn't. Like at some point, I just can't post anymore. And even on Instagram, if I post something, it's like whether already prepared or I just like explode with my random thoughts and I'm glad people actually take time to listen. I'm grateful for that. But the queer community that I work with here, it's people that I met here. It's interesting. Like I was going through culture shock and it really affected my memory. Like the proof of it is I don't remember most of the things that happened last year as wild as it sounds. But um, it's through that all that I made all these connections. I met people. I went to events. I tried to network as much as possible because I knew that that's the only thing that can save me, you know. Yeah, yeah I get it. Because, like, for us, like, we make, an, make a schedule. We try to come out with something every week if we can because we know that consistency, um, being inconsistent, would really hurt our growth, too. And that's mm. pretty much true of, like, all content creators these days. you got to have yeah. Definitely. And, that definitely is. Can you talk about what that process was like? What what ways did you connect with people? Like, what contexts, um, things like that? Um, so, I, of course, I try to find my very specific community. Because, yes, going in the LGBT community, yeah, I had some really weird experiences. And so many times I felt like an outsider for one reason or another. I could get into it later. Yeah. But... I then I wanted to specify, I want queer Arabs. I want to meet queer Arabs. So I did everything. Like I was looking like Facebook events everywhere, uh, meeting, and then I meet someone, they know someone. And it all starts like that. And now it's like big community. Like I know so many. It, it's amazing. Oh, that's, that's so cool. That's, yeah. So it wasn't hard. To, was it like when you found one or two people, then you met a lot of people through them? Uh, no, I just, I told you, I used to go to multiple events. So I met so many different people through like so many different ways and some on Instagram too. Um, so it, it really depended. Yeah. So, okay. So like specifically queer Arab events that you were um, able to yep. under. That's so cool. I like, that's really hard in most cities to find that um, it feels like. Actually true. Uh, but there, there is, there is specifically the Haram party and shout out to them. There is so many 
queer people there. Um, there is Helm, um, the Lebanese organization. So mm-hmm. then, then there's a li- I see Arab, queer Arabs a little bit everywhere, but there is places that they all go to. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So there isn't like, yeah. hey, this is queer Arab event, but it's like I know where they hang out. That sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I I didn't realize Helm had had events outside of Lebanon, so. That's, that's uh, they awesome. they have two, two in uh, Lebanon and Montreal, yeah. That's amazing. Um, and then you've also been working on some music, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> the, the, so <laughs> I told you so many things have been happening. Yeah. So yeah, we talked about it last year. I was, in a, on a, um, I was part of a record label uh, last year, but that didn't work out well. And, you know, being new here and also getting into the music industry is something like n- nobody ever prepares you for. And then... Yeah. You see that not everybody necessarily wants your best interest. And you just, it's a rough experience, but you get to learn. Long story short, um, me and two other members that were part of uh, this record label ended up leaving. Mm-hmm. And we made our own thing. So we made our music collective. And collective is different from a label because we're, we just want to be independent artists that support and help each other. Cool. We don't want to, like, I don't want to have royalties from someone or want to like r- rule somebody. It's just kind of like skill sharing. You know? It's nice to like not have limits on what you can do. I'm sure being part of a label, you have restrictions. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially it, dep- it depends on the label too. And it's it's important to know that there is a, there's a lot of twisted people in this industry, you know? Oh, okay. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay safe from that. Got you. So how's the? But oh, yeah, like yeah. when I left it, uh, there were so many things I was frustrated about. I had I had a couple of like, I had a couple of performing experiences by then, but I didn't know how to make my own music still because I still had to depend on them, which is what they technically always want. But then summertime, focused, built my skills. Now I make beats. Now I produce my own stuff. Now now it's like I met so many other people in the process too. So. I'm really I'm really grateful for where this journey took for real. Yeah, it's always good to meet somebody who can who can show you how to do it or you know even work with you on these things because it just makes taking me and Alia for example like she th- seems to think that my tech skills are something amazing and life-changing and I'm like it's super easy you just do this thing but the but the ability to do yeah. that takes like you know years of practice and experience. Yeah, definitely. And having that sort of access is so valuable. I'm so glad you met with the similar it sounds like you met folks who had similar thoughts that they wanted to kind of veer away from the music business side of things and just like focus on the collective model. And I think that sounds mm. really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. And that is yeah. quite hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the track? So basically, uh, 20 February, I'm coming, finally releasing my first single. I've been working on it for quite some time now. Um, and it's going to be called White Desert because... Yeah that perfectly describes my experience can you expand on that okay sure i can (laughs) so basically i'm originally from the algerian sahara right so that's a desert for you yeah um and then when i I remember having this deja vu moment walking in montreal and it's like minus 30 at like 3 a.m and i'm walking on the snow and it hurts so much it reminded me of when it it was hot as hell back home but also walking on the snow really felt like sand. So I used that metaphor. I kept that metaphor in the song as in they are extreme opposites, but I managed to like find home somehow in both or piece of home in both. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does definitely make sense in my It makes sense. It does. Like you were able to 
you were able to bridge two extremely different experiences. Like they're both important in shaping who I am. So I listened to the track, um, and I uh, the Ooh. way the way I, I loved it, it. It was very powerful, but also there was like a lightness to it. It's very ethereal. I don't I don't know. You really combine both badass vibe with very just. It takes you. Uh, like, I love the way you describe it. I really do. Ethereal is the best way I can describe it, along with like uh, how badass and powerful and. Just like I've got this, I'm strong. Thank well, you so much. Yeah, seriously, I'm so impressed. I'm so excited for you. And also, everyone listening, like this is coming out February 20th. This episode is coming out February 21st, so you don't have to wait to hear it. Um, yes, stream my desert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a link will be provided in the episode description, so you know, don't miss it. There's no excuse. <laughs> Could you describe like, okay, so you described like what inspired the name and the theme of the song. Do you want to talk about the technical aspects of it? Like mm -hmm. what had to go into making this track? So you have voice, you have like, what else? What other components? Okay, okay, I'll explain that side. So basically, um, I, I was working on my own beats and at the same time I have my producer that I work with. And he, he, he sent me um, a file with a couple of beats and he said, if you like any, let me know. And there is this specific one. I felt something and I was just writing randomly and I, I already came up with this theme and I was like, you know what, I'm coming tomorrow to record it. So we recorded that. Nice. And then I and then I because I, I wanted to have add like a North African Middle Eastern touch somehow. Yeah. We didn't know how. We tried to sample some uh, like female voices, but we have a our friend Basmile, shout out to Basmile, my fellow North African um artist. We told her we won. I, of course, that was me because my producer is white. Shout out to him too, Benzel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I told her I won Andalusi. She said, "Are you okay with my well?" I said, "That's okay." So she gave us back vocals, and that added definitely a vibe. Oh, cool! Can you explain what the difference is? You said like my well. Okay, uh, Andalusi is more um, like Spain, Morocco, and Algeria. We also have it, so it's it's kind of shared over there so whether because they used to sing it in spanish you could sing it in arabic so it's a it's a genre really uh moel is almost like i don't know how, how do, i don't know how to describe moel really it's kind of like an intro to a song but it's kind of like in an arabic style so it's very gotcha. it's very i can't even describe it like just google that it's not, Undescribable. Love it. And then uh, I'm curious. I know you can't predict who is going to listen mm. to the song, who's going to be receptive of it, you know, etc. But who do you hope? Yeah. I, I guess who do you hope like this song reaches, and how do you hope it impacts people? I th I think this song can touch so more people than I think it can because it's really broad. Like I don't. I still don't mention this is Canada. This is Algeria. I still describe feelings. Yeah. So I found even my Canadian friends that are related. But overall, I want the Middle Eastern, North African uh, queer community to hear this, whether they are still back home or they are in the process of leaving or whether they left. Because let's be honest, most of them want to leave anyway. So it's it's so many feelings that i'm sure they can relate to so it's always interesting like when you when you put out something that's really meaningful to you and then the feedback you get a lot of times is it's what you expect and then you get some other feedback that you're like whoa i didn't even think it would have this exactly. meaning to someone which is exactly yeah that, that that happened yeah it's surprising it's really cool when when that happens and you realize yes. 
how art art can mean so many different things to someone, even if it's not what the creator intended. Mm-hmm. So have you had any uh, reactions from Algeria uh, or any Algerians' friends so far? Yes. Yes. Um, so oh. far, I mean, the song is still not out by the time we're recording this, by the way. It's the 17th. Yeah. But I just mm-hmm. posted a teaser and God, I'm overwhelmed by the amount of support that I've been having. Like it's it's more it's beyond my expectations and having some people even send me beats now and people tell me they support me and I think also another compliment that I take to heart is when it's people that aren't even hip hop fans that don't listen to rap music and they say that they liked it and they were touched by it just by hearing a teaser or just random freestyles on Instagram that already means a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's so cute. I hate to ask, uh, but have you had any negative reactions so far? Um, so far, not really. Mainly because, let's be honest, I'm the one responsible for my marketing. So, like, I don't collab with anybody that I know might have audience that I don't want, for example. So it's like I'm really careful where I put myself online, even though I'm very out. Not yet. <laughs> let's just say that. That's that's wise. I mean, you can probably predict like who, where are the haters going to be? Just avoid them if possible. And yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, think about it. I was doing YouTube when I was in Algeria, but by then I didn't know as much marketing as now. But I was still I like I started off careful more than anything, and then I developed out of it because uh, I knew I could. But when I started, it's like. I'm living in my parents' house, I'm doing YouTube, I'm talking about being trans, they have no idea, and I don't even have a computer, it's theirs, navigation privé, oh, wow. like, yeah. <laughs> I know, Holy shit. living the adrenaline life. Oh my god, you must have had to do things at really weird times of the day to, like, avoid <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one Did you? that's actually true did you have to create things like when people were asleep or you just had to like time it when people weren't home yeah like things like that when i know nobody's gonna be sitting behind me when i'm editing and like yeah yeah like the specific times oh my god wow good <laughs> looking back at it damn what a journey oh yeah that's that's pretty wild yeah it is. that is that takes a lot like even your immediate surroundings don't feel like totally it's interesting yeah. how like your very immediate surroundings like your house don't feel totally okay but then you're like okay these people online are going to be a safe they're going to create a safe space it's kind of it's interesting like that's definitely an experience i felt as, as like a teenager where it's like okay my <laughs> my physical space right around me just i don't it, it's not going to work with who i am but like mm-hmm. putting yeah. something out there like connecting online or whatever and you you're like wow who knew like some exactly yeah i, I don't know it's yeah and i feel weird. like um i feel like especially a lot of trans people use the online space to try out the whole try out which gender identity they feel comfortable with so to, having that were you also doing that on top of the youtube or yeah that's how it all that's how it started at first because i started with the instagram and i i was trying that it's like i had i lived the life online that i couldn't have in real life and the, it's crazy because i was so involved in the online life that i made myself like bring it to life you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah. kind of trippy now that i describe it like that but it was literally that like and let's be honest like i wasn't maybe the most authentic always online when i started like i would show sides that weren't really like my real life but it's what i wanted my life to be 
And it's what I made it to be, thank God, but right. I'm not even... But you know what I mean. Yeah, like when I was 14 and 15 and my parents were completely hitting on my trans stuff, I was just doing... Like online, I was just completely female. Like, like not even... No one, like, no one knew. And I was like... I wasn't even involved in trans space because that wasn't the life I wanted. The life I wanted was just, like, boring-ass female, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I get you. And then I I just want to say... Really. I just want to say to... There's so much hate about social media and people saying, oh, it takes away from like real life, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, let's give some social media some love right now because it's yeah. it's really, it, it can save people's lives and like change people's lives. Yes, that is facts. Just like there's ironically, there's a lot of like stuff on Facebook and other social media platforms that's like, take a social media break. It's it's um distracting you from like real life blah 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 but also like no there are it can be an extremely needed tool yeah maybe it's for those that already have that life you know it's like what are you yeah. doing on, what are you doing on facebook 16 hours a day you have actual friends go see them yeah it's like if you have that life in real life like it wouldn't like it wouldn't even matter i, I think i don't know i just made i just made this theory out i don't know it's a good theory i, I Thank you. Yeah, I'll give it's valid. <laughs> it sounds valid to me too. Anyone who yeah. said and anyone who says otherwise, fight me. Yeah, <laughs> I love you guys so much. <laughs> You're so amazing. Uh, I missed you. I'm so glad we're too, catching up. Um, me too. Can you talk about like uh, whatever you're willing to share? What else has changed for you in the year, the past year? Because it sounds like it's been a very impactful year. I know you said you've forgotten a lot of details, which is it makes sense. Like when you're going through something so profound and th a profound part yeah. of your life, what parts do you do stand out? Like what else stands out for you in the past year? And like what if you can compare yourself last year versus now? Like what comes to mind? Everything has changed for me in the last year. First of all, I moved to a new place, and I can tell you it's the first place I felt at home in ever since I left Algeria, so that took quite some time. Um, and my entire surroundings changed. I'm deep into my career, and by the way, I have a show coming up in uh, March 11th in Montreal, so yes. if anyone is around, yes, definitely come through. So yeah, everything has changed. We can just say that in every aspect. Do you want to talk about the show? Like, um, do you have the details yet? Or are you going to post about it later? Uh, definitely, I can tell you about the show. So it's in Casa del Popolo in Montreal, uh, March 11th. We're going to have, we're going to be, um, my collective, Kudeta Collective, um, the members are going to perform. I'm going to invite my friend Basmile. She's going to perform some songs with me. Um, we have some drag performers. We have rap. We have, like, old school hip hop everything wow oh that sounds incredible i love the name of your collective by the way that's that's awesome thank you that's badass coup thank you so much i love that and <laughs> how did coup d'etat become the the decision like i i fucking love it how did coup d'etat become coup d'etat yeah, yeah so we were just yeah. uh chilling me <laughs> me and uh Wikipedia and little cashew who are the other two founders of the uh, collective yeah which we were on the rec record label together as i mentioned so yeah we were like we want to do this we need this, this is needed and mickey was like coup d'etat do you all like this i was like hell yeah plus we live in montreal 
who they thought it is. Oh my god, that's perfect. Yeah, it's it kind of the concept. Yeah, it's like, and it's symbolic of like, I'm gonna, we're gonna do a coup on the usual music scene structure and fucking do it, our, do our own version, <laughs> like make yes, our own structure. Yes. I really, I, I fucking love it. It's, it's very layered. Thank you. It's really cool. It's, uh, it is very layered because yeah. again, we're all. We're all trans. Okay, that's one. Got you. Yeah. Uh, so, and we all have fight stories. So we're like coup d'etat musically and outside of it. <laughs> yes. Incredible. So wait, wait. We made it this far into the interview and you just now tell us that this is a trans music collective. No, I, he told us last um... year. What? Is this? Oh, it... that was the label. The label was the label was trans only. Okay, but the, the collective, the main, the founders, the main founders are trans. We have other queer members and all, yeah. and we're all just straight up trans people of color too. So hi. Yes. <sighs> yes. Well, this is it. Coup d'état, isn't it? Yeah. Very much so. Incredible. Uh, yeah, like bringing back the power by trans people of color. Let's see how oh that goes. Oh my god. So that is just fucking solid. I love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, okay. So, the show is this going to be your first time performing with the collective? With the collective, yes. It's technically the coup d'état collective launch. So that's why nice. this is all happening technically. And it's I haven't performed in a year, so it is the comeback then. So you know, this is all gonna make it really. This is like gonna make a really good chapter in any autobiography you ever do on this. It's like yeah, we had, we did coup d'état. We had a really wild year and we had this wild launch party and that's like chapters one through three right there yeah <laughs> I, I know people tell me my life is a movie and like i get it I, I definitely get it your life you've done a lot that like most people will never do in their whole life like in the span of a couple years oh well, thank you for wild. that i'm really flattered truly i mean <sighs> um, so yeah yeah uh yeah any Listeners in Montreal, go chill with Adam. Go to the show. Yes, let's hang yeah. out. Yeah, go to the show. I'm jealous. I'm jealous That's that fun. you all get to do it and I don't. Whoever's in Montreal. <laughs> You're welcome anytime. I'd love to. Go have all the fun, tell us all about it, and make us feel incredibly bad for not being able to go. Yes, that is Please. the goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else coming up you want people to know about, um, or anything you want to like plug? Uh, well, basically, just to drop it back in, the single is gonna come out 20 February. My EP is gonna come in the first week of March, and the show then is gonna be the 11th, and that's what we have for now. Perfect. And then like that's that's a pretty loaded schedule. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's a lot. I try. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then. People, okay. What's the best way for people to follow you? I know you have a a solid Instagram presence. Um, can you give your handle and then like anywhere else people should follow you? Yes, definitely. Uh, my Instagram is uh, the Adam Darko, and that's where I'm mostly active. As you mentioned, YouTube mm -hmm. active, but not as much. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. It's just the Adam Darko everywhere. So to make it easy. Perfect. Hooray for consistent media branding. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of consistent media branding, you can find us at thequeerabs.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at thequeerabs.com. You can reach us at Gmail at, at thequeerabs at gmail.com. 
Yes, and, you should. Well, there's no dot com yes. on the Instagram and stuff. Oh, Look yeah. Out. It's just the queer house. We broke it up. <laughs> we took the dot com off. Well, now they're ready. Way to, way to point out flaws in my presentation. Thank you. No, it's not flaws in your presentation. It's flaws in our consistency. Oh my god. I know. I'm being, I'm being extra. Um, but yeah. Uh, everyone, please follow Adam. He is fucking badass. You will love his posts. I love your, I love following your Instagram. You have some very thought-provoking posts. Um, and thank you yeah just follow support yeah I'm, I'm intrigued yeah i'm intrigued to see your comments about it now i think people people will be excited to check out the um the single so white desert it gets cold but it feels better